Hello, everyone. Welcome to Queer Christian Conversations with me, your host, Coach Yema. I help LGBTQIA plus people to make peace with their faith and their sexuality. And today we're talking about what has been going viral in my stories from a paragraph in this book by Rob Bell called Love Wins. I posted this chapter and the response was amazing and so i believe that this is worth a conversation all right and we're going to be having um towards the end or i guess throughout the whole conversation we'll be having some q a so i'm going to give everybody a chance to join hello hello everybody welcome 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 how are you doing hello angel hey aunt okay tell me where you're tuning in on uh, from, and then also happy Earth Day, okay? I have my plants everywhere around me. That plant is not real, okay? That is not a real plant, um, but I have other real plants elsewhere, okay? Hello, Courtney. Hey, Rach. Hello, hello, hello. Okay, awesome. I'm so happy you all are here. Thank you for tuning in again today. Um, if it's your first time joining me, hello, Rochester. Blessings to Rochester. Blessings in Atlanta. Blessings to Wisconsin and to Canada. I have so many clients from Canada. I really need to come and do a tour in Canada. I love y'all. Blessings to the, the Garden of America, New Jersey. <laughs> Hello, Jersey. Hello, um, my wifey, Jeanette. How are you doing? Hello, everybody. Hey, VIP. Okay, everybody's tuning in today. Love to see it. So um, if it's your first time joining me, my name is Coach Yama and I do help LGBTQ plus people make peace with their faith and their sexuality. I myself am a black queer Christian woman and that is what I do. I help my queer family who are struggling with the fear of hell, of going to hell, um, help you get out of hell, okay? That's the work that I do, get rid of that hell anxiety. And um, my one-on-one -on -one coaching where you can have one-on-one -on -one attention from me is going to be closing in May. Um, I'll be rolling something um, else out. But if you would like to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, jump um, to my bio. And there's a link in the bio that you can set up. Uh, your first call will be free. So today we're talking about not the full book because I haven't finished it, okay? Disclaimer, I am not recommending the book. I have not finished it. All right. If you're in my stories, you know what I'm talking about. Um, hey, Maya. So Maya is going to be quoting scripture. Maya, we don't do trolls. Um, I'm going to say this once. And if it happens again, I will just block you. I am the president of the block ministry. If you're interested in learning and engaging and loving on people, you're more than welcome to stay. But if you are of the understanding that queer people have not read the Bible, you are sorely misunderstanding and misunderstood and have a serious lack of understanding. I don't even know how else to say that nicely, okay? So if you're going to be quoting scripture um, without a desire to hear and listen, please uh, find the exit button and slide on over, okay? Um, so I'm going to be discussing Rob Bell Love Wins. And there is a, a paragraph in the first chapter of this book. I posted it in the in my stories, and I have so many comments and responses from all of you. And I know for me, uh, this book was recommended to me 
by one of my um, clients, I believe it is. And it was a call that I had with someone and they said, have you looked into this book? And I said, no, I haven't. So I picked it up and uh, it's interesting so far, but I got to that chapter. Okay. And I'm going to read the chapter for us, not the chapter the paragraph, because we need to read it. And I had to put the book down and went into a full conversation with Jesus, um, with God. And it was just powerful and beautiful, this idea that we're going to be presenting today. Okay. Hello, Ross. So um, get comfortable and listen. Let me read this to you real quick. It's not going to take long. So basically the idea that he's talking about right before this is just about when people say that they are walking away from God or rejecting Christianity or rejecting Jesus, they're not necessarily talking about the Jesus that we know. They may be talking about like a different Jesus, okay? Um, okay, uh, Lola, let me know why you don't think I'm, <laughs> I should be recommending it. We'll talk about that later. So let me read this. So um, Rob Bell says, Do you know any individuals who grew up in, Christian, uh, in a Christian church and then walked away when they got older. Yes, um, often pastors and parents and brothers and sisters are concerned about them and their spirituality. They And often they should be. But sometimes those individuals' rejection of church and the Christian faith they were presented with as the only possible interpretation of what it means to follow Jesus may in fact be a sign of spiritual health. That's the part that got me. Because what often happens, like he's talking about here, that when we as believers, that's why we hear often when a queer person comes out that you can't be both gay and Christian, right? That something must be wrong with you, that you're rejecting God, that you really can't be both, that something's wrong. And so we think right? That because we're coming out as queer that we can't be both. Like we can't be gay and Christian. So we often would walk away. All right. So sometimes, right? Most of the, the population, about 86% of the population of the queer community that have um, walked away, have a, not walked away, but the queer community presently, about 86% of that community have a history of growing up in some type of Christian home. And they've chosen to walk away precisely because of this idea that we think that there must be something wrong if you're walking away. Because you're not accepting the version of Jesus that I'm presenting to you. There must be something wrong. And I just love this because Rob Bell is saying here, it might actually be a sign of spiritual health. Okay? And this is what this this took me to when I was coming out of my wild season, my like my first hoe phase, hoe as in H-O, okay? When I was coming out of my first hoe phase, because I did have a second one, okay? And I would go back back to church and I would have tons of anxiety. I would have my body would be telling me that there's something wrong and I would talk to the elders and I would talk to spiritual leaders and people I thought um, were senior in the faith that knew more about God than I did 
And they would tell me that, oh no, you're only experiencing these things because the devil is trying to prevent you from going to church because you're called to ministry. So the fear and the anxiety that you're experiencing is actually a sign that you're called to ministry. And when I read this, okay, it took me back to realizing I have any of that fear when I was at the club, <laughs> which I never really went to the club when I was younger. I would like hang out in bars. Um, when I was at the bar, when I was hanging out with my non-saved friends, I never had that anxiety. So why would I be having this fear going back to church? And what happens is Christianity will say to you, the version of Christianity that we're mostly, that's popular, that we're aware of, will say to you, oh, it's the devil in you that doesn't want to be to go before the presence of God, right? And that immediately puts you, and if you guys are, um, I see you guys are commenting, I'm sorry that I can't read all of it right now. My phone's kind of far away from me. <clears throat> um, I can see, but I can't because, let me see. Normally I have my glasses on, but there's a glare, so I take it off. So I'll, I'll read the comments. And if you have a question, put it in the question box. So at least um, it'll hold. So when I go back to it, I can review it and we can answer those questions together. But what that does and what that did for me is put me in a space where I was fighting my own body and my own sense of self and and then we go into what transitions next is i have to kill my flesh i have to submit i have to bring my flesh under um under submission to god because obviously there is there is this sin in me that doesn't want to be put in the presence of god okay and when i read this yesterday what it brought to me and I think it's what happened to a lot of us when I posted this yesterday is that they were wrong and that feels good to be validated by that that what was actually happening in my body was the divine in me saying this is not a healthy place for you to be in that this 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 anxiety this fear that you're experiencing is not healthy and this is not what I called you to and so instead of what was presented as evidence of you being a down out messed up needing Jesus okay like you're so far away from God that even your body is resisting being in the presence of God doesn't make any sense because it was the sinners it was the woman caught in adultery it was the tax collectors who were like horrible back in the day it was all these type of people that felt safest in the presence of God and so why now in the 21st century um, that we're living in that I am being told that my me experiencing fear is actually an indicator of me being in the presence of God why is fear an indicator of me being the presence of God right and so what I was experiencing and being validated by this paragraph again not the whole book by this paragraph and this and this statement is that I could have in those moments if I had the uh, right teacher or maybe the right person around or who whatever it was right to lead and teach me that that I could have trusted my body telling me um, my spirit because we've talked about this before that we have lie detectors in our heart right 
that my heart was trying to alert me that this was not a safe place for me to be in. Okay? That actually me um, sidestepping the version of Jesus that was, or wanting to sidestep the version of Jesus that was being presented to me is actually, was actually a sign of me spiritually being a healthy person. Okay? Um, Rach says it's counterintuitive to that, to the teaching that there is no fear in love. Absolute. Yes, Rach. Thank you so much for saying that. So if there is no fear in love, and the church is supposed to be the church as we know, because I don't want to umbrella it too much, okay? The popular Western USA, um, hey Toya, the popular Western church um, as we know it now, right? In the United States, that church for most of the population does not present an atmosphere of love. There is a spirit of fear that is in those environments that your body physically feels, right? Feeling anxious, feeling nervous. Um, all of that is coming because you're stepping into an atmosphere that says that you have something to be guilty for. Do you hear that? When you're stepping into an environment that is a spirit of fear, okay? Because fear, 1 John 4, 16 to 18, fear, the root of fear has to do with the idea that you're being punished or going to be punished. And I'm not going to feel like I'm going to be punished if I don't have any guilt or condemnation. So I feel guilty. I feel like I'm going to be punished. And so fear is going to be the result of that. And my body is going to be responding to that. Right? And so as a queer person, walking into that environment and you're experiencing all of these feelings... And the church is saying to you, no, um, it's not because um, you're not loved. It's because you are intrinsically a sinner. There is something wrong with you. And so you are afraid to come into the environment because you don't want your sins to be put under the light of God, under the light of scripture. Hmm. Hmm. Really? If there's no fear in rage, I'm so happy you brought that up. If there's no fear in love, because God talked to me about this. And I don't have all of my notes in front of me. <clears throat> if there's no fear in love, I should be walking into a church environment or listening to a preacher or a teacher or a pastor share truth with me that's rooted in the love of God. And I should feel a warm hug around me when that's happening. I should feel like I've come home. I should feel... Um, I should feel like I want to go and tell the whole world about this God I just met. Not out of obligation, out of just sheer excitement that this type of love is real. Like the Samaritan, the, the Samaritan woman at the well, right? What did she do? She ran to tell everybody, probably those men that she was, you know what I mean, getting it <laughs> that she was getting it in with. She she didn't even care. She had no shame and she had no guilt. Okay? That's why she was able to go and be a, a blowhorn to her neighborhood that was hating on her before, right? That she was afraid to go out um, with them to get water, that she had to go out in the hottest part of the day because she wanted to be seen by them. After encountering love, after encountering Christ, right, that did not judge her, 
she was emboldened, empowered to go talk about this love that she just met. If you remember the Song of Solomon and the story of the Shulamite woman, right? The dark-skinned girl. Brown-skinned girl, skin just like pearls, okay? Um, the brown-skinned Shulamite woman, she's dark and she is lovely, all right? I'm just taking this, let you know a little bit. All right, so the Shulamite woman, and she's speaking about her lover, right? And she can't find him. So she's in the streets, because I love this story, because it really helped me understand what evangelism was supposed to look like, okay? Not this weird, I feel stressed, because I have to tell the person uh, at the Walmart uh, checkout that God loves them, but like a real love. And the real type of evangelism looks like what I'm about to tell you with the Song of Solomon. So the Shulamite woman is out in the street. She's looking for her lover and she can't find him. And the other maidens are like hating on her. Like, girl, first of all, you're not the only one to have ever been in love. Okay, chill out. He not all that. All right. It'll be fine. He'll be back. Relax. Take several seats. You're doing too much. Okay. And she starts to describe her lover. Right. And she started from his head and his feet and his whatever. She's just like describing him. And by the time she's done describing the love of her life, all of the maidens that were hating on her and being angry and saying that she's doing too much, right? We're like, girl, we got to go find him. Like, we're just doing that. Like, we got to find him. He's too amazing. He's amazing, fabulous, wonderful, like, awesome. Like, we don't have words, but we have to go find this love that you have because clearly, Right, He is above and beyond anything that we have ever experienced before. And that is what it's supposed to feel like when someone's telling you about their Jesus, right? Their love that they have found, not the judge, okay? Um, not not the, uh, the God as that's looking and, and trying to find something wrong with you. I'm going to feel fear. I'm going to feel anxiety. I'm going to feel nervous in the presence of judgment. It's normal. That's how that is supposed to happen, right? So when Rob Bell says that you walking away from this, I'm going to finish the paragraph real quick. He says here, um, these people who are walking away, he says, but sometimes those individuals, rejection of church and the Christian faith they were presented because he's not generalizing, right? He's not saying all of Christianity, the Christian faith that you were presented, right? With as the only possible interpretation of what it means to follow Jesus may be in fact a sign of being spiritually healthy. And so all along, you may have been thinking, like, I'm walking away from what they've shown me. There must be something wrong with me. I must be innately um, resisting God. I'm resisting Jesus. I'm like, I'm going to get in trouble. I'm probably going to end up in hell. And he's saying here, maybe there was everything right about you and there's nothing wrong. Maybe it's okay to trust that there is no peace within you in this environment and maybe that lack of peace is an understanding that there's a lack of love, right? And maybe that lack of love is saying there's a lack of the real representation of the real God. And it's okay to walk away from that. Can you receive that? Right? That it's okay. That there's everything right with you. There's nothing wrong with you. 
that that lack of peace is an evidence that there's a lack of love and lack of the fullest representation of who God truly is in that environment, right? In that teaching, in that church, right? In that conversation with family, friends, and friends, okay? Um, they may be resisting behaviors, interpretations, and attitudes that should be rejected, okay? Perhaps they simply came to a point where they refused to accept the very sorts of things that Jesus would also refuse to accept. Some Jesuses should be rejected. Oh! I haven't read past that. I haven't read past that paragraph since yesterday. Okay? I have just been sitting and just soaking that up. So let me read some of your comments here. Um, it is the sign of coffee says it's the sign of us wrestling with our spirituality with God and it's okay to walk away from the quote unquote church system. Absolutely. Um, Sergey says if God's trying to find something wrong with you, then you're serving the wrong God because God, um, cause God, if you go by the Bible, it's supposed to be the God, um, of that knows you. So yeah, block says if everything is right with us, why do we need a savior? First Timothy one. Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Um, Coffee says preach. Okay, um, I'll answer uh, Block's question. Why do we need a savior? According to um, the scripture, and I've taught about this. If you want to go back and I think it's two or three lives ago where I talked about the difference between the Old and New Testament God and the whole idea about sin. And then we've been recently having a conversation about hell. So the, the purpose of Jesus's coming was to restore what we lost, right, in the Garden of Eden, which was our authority, which was our godship, right? I, I, just, uh, I just came up with that. That's beautiful. We lost our godshape, godship, right? Um, our godness. We, we became mere mortals um, when we invited the judgment because the fruit of uh, the tree was the knowledge of good and evil, not good and evil. So we, um, we ate of the, the, the fruit of judgment, okay? And judgment brings death. Come on now. Judgment brings death because judgment is fear and fear will kill you. All right? Physically, real, realistically, it's a, it's a real thing. Okay, so when we ate of that, we became mere mortals and gave our authority over to Lucifer. Okay, what Jesus did when he came back, because if you remember, sins were being forgiven before Jesus came. That was the whole idea of the atonement, the day of atonement, the sacrificial lamb. Um, there was nothing even needed to be forgiven until the law came with Moses. Okay. Hey, Black, we're not going to do a Bible study here. You can look up the scriptures yourself. I'm answering your question um, and taking time away from my audience to do that. So be respectful and just listen. If you don't want to, again, you can slide on out of here, but I'm going to finish saying this for the benefit of everyone else. Um, their sin was forgiven even when Jesus was on the scene in the Gospels. Right, the young man that was um came through the roof, right, and all of the all of his friends like broke through the roof where Jesus was preaching, and he they had descended with him on his bed, and Jesus said, Your sin is forgiven you, right? 
um, pick up your bed and walk. When he talks to the woman caught in adultery, her sin was forgiven. Okay, so Jesus didn't need to die for your sin to be forgiven because God was able to forgive sin. Um, even in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus says, um, forgive let us forgive other people as God has forgiven us. Like when you forgive people, God forgives you. Okay. So forgiveness is a thing of mercy um, and compassion and grace is nothing that you earn. The reason why Jesus had um, to come was to enter us back. Number one, into our place of Godship, right? Our place of dominion in the earth and to reinstate a, not reinstate, but instate a new covenant that didn't have any curses in it right? So Galatians 3, um, everyone that's been lifted upon the tree um, is cursed and Jesus was lifted up for us. And so what they had with the Israelites, with Moses, the type of covenant that they had was that if you do what I say, you'll be blessed. If you don't do it, you'll be cursed. The type of covenant, the new covenant that we have that Hebrew talks about, specifically Hebrews 8, 9, and 10, okay, is that we only have blessings, that we are blessed with Abraham because Abraham was never cursed. He never needed to be forgiven because there was no law given. Until the law is given, sin was not imputed onto you, okay? Go ahead and read all through the Psalms. You'll figure that out as well. So, because even David says, blessed is the man whose sin is not imputed onto him. Sin was not imputed up until the law was given by Moses, okay? So Abraham lied, um, sent his sent his sister wife. <laughs> that was really his half-sister. Sent his sister wife up there to those Ethiopian um, beautiful men, okay, those kings, and was trying not to get killed. He was not um, hurt for that by God at all, okay? He was forgiven and even protected and came out more blessed than he was when he went in, okay? That's what happens when you're not under law and under grace, which is what we're under now, okay? So number one, it's a new covenant of being blessed, Okay, everything in God, in Jesus is yes and amen. John um, 14 and 15, Jesus says, ask whatever you want, whatever your desire is, I will give that to you so that my father may be glorified, all right? And number two, uh, John 17, Jesus came so that we can get back into oneness and step back into our power as little G gods in the earth, all right? Um, if you're part of the Our Bible App conversation teaching series that we've been doing, I've been teaching about this for the past three weeks, so it's amazing to share a little bit of that with you guys. All right, so I hope that that helps. Um, Coffee says the do's versus the don'ts, but with Jesus' life and death and resurrection, it reminds us that the work has been done for us, and now we are here on this world, in this world slash earth, to act and live in love and blessedness. Absolutely. Okay, let's get some questions going here. All right. Um... Let's see if I'm going to, oh, this thing pulls up all the questions. I think all the comments from before. I battle a lot with queer, my queerness and faith and my faith. I prayed for God to remove it from my mind and soul. Like I prayed, uh, like I prayed and even though I'm understanding this is me, uh, it won't love and real baby. It won't give me the full thing. So you're struggling with your queerness and your faith and this is what i do right so again guys um the 101 coaching program with me is winding down it'll be ending um the end of may so you have uh let, let's see pretty much about mm, 15 to 20 more days that you can get into this program with me and i'll be transitioning to something else so if you really know that you need one-on-one help um for someone to walk through this with you 
get on a call with me. Your first call is complimentary. It is free. So struggling with your queerness and your faith and asking God to remove it. Um, God is, I'll tell you my story, okay? I've been there. I've done that. I prayed um, for God to remove it and felt like maybe God did because I was of the understanding that I would just do everything right, right? I came, um, completely committed my life to God at the age of 25. I was saved at 17, um, then got off. I would, I'm not even going to say got off track anymore. Huh? How about that? Okay. Walked away from religion like I should have, <laughs> but fully <clears throat> had a traumatic experience when I was 20, when I was 25. And the only way I knew how to get out of it was to ascribe to the type of God that my seven-day Adventist church taught me. And so I did that. But the beautiful thing that happened in the process is that I got to know God for myself. And that is my foundation now. Um, but we still have the understanding that God was not okay with me being queer. Um, I'm a bisexual woman. And God was not uh, okay with me being queer. And so I did everything I, I, I thought I was supposed to do. I went to church. I tithed. Um, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, even though my church at the time did not believe in that. So I was even in the church I was in being rebellious a little bit. Uh, I came all the way out to Colorado Springs to Bible college to serve God, right? To like, um, not sacrifice, but in a way it felt like a sacrifice, like to give my whole life to God because God deserved it. And while being here, found myself in love with a woman and spun me into a bunch of confusion of God, why didn't you take this away? I'm serving you. I'm worshiping you. Like I'm going on dates with you, Jesus. And I was serious about it. Okay. Going on dates with Jesus, um, dancing with Jesus in my living room. I wasn't going out. I wasn't talking to anybody. I was spending time with my Bible, praying, fasting. I was doing all of the things. Okay. And here I found myself in love with this woman and very confused, had this conversation with God and never heard God tell me, and I hear God really well, never heard God say that this is not who I called you to be, that you're not this person. I heard what the church said. And so when I would, I know this would happen to me, a lot of my clients deal with this, that I would pray and <clears throat> I would hear a voice that would say, no, this is, I made you straight. This is not who you're supposed to be. But I always knew deep down that that wasn't really God speaking to me because it didn't sound like any of the other times he spoke to me. There are many times that in that season, because I was celibate as well, waiting for my husband and I would be dating a guy or thinking about dating a guy and it would be very clear from God that this was not the person. Hey, Karina. And that was a clear no. And I never heard that with God and this female that I um, ended up falling in love with. And so it took me through a really beautiful, deep, um, I'm not going to say scary because in that time, because it was so much for me to deal with working in the ministry and leadership and realizing that I still had this thing in me. So I just stopped attending the churches and the services and I just went out and did my own thing. Like I went to work. And did what I had to do, but I just was like, you know, excuse my language. I said, fuck it. I'm just going to go have a good time and see what happens. Like, at this point, you know, what? what is the reason, right? And even in all of that, okay, the times that I've heard God the clearest were the times I felt like the church would have been the meanest, okay, the most condemning. 
in those moments was the times I heard God the clearest tell me, not condemn me, not shame me, always reminding me how loved I was, okay? And that's what I tell my clients and I want you all to know the voice of God is never going to condemn you or shame you. And God told me this, that I'm never going to hear that voice and that that rhetoric from him because number one, um, God knows the source of the things that I'm doing because God's been with me my whole life, right? He knows where all the lies entered, where all the programming was programmed, right? And so most of the time, right, 95% of the time, our life is being run by our subconscious mind. And so why would God judge you when he knows where that stuff is coming from? It doesn't make any sense. So he said, I would I would never hear that voice from him. And in the moments that I needed it to, the most to know that he loved me, that he was not far away from me, that I wasn't in the club dancing and Jesus at, <laughs> Jesus at the door waiting for me to leave. Like, all right, I can't go in there because my eyes can't look upon sin. So I'm going to stay out here until she gets out. Uh-uh. My Jesus was right in the club with me, backing it up, okay? Um, having a good old time. And that is in those times when I really realized that maybe what I was running from wasn't God and it was this religious um, system. And God sat me down and said to me, when are you finally going to accept yourself? Because I've called you to help other people just like you, right? Like when are you going to realize that this is a superpower that I've given you? And so when we're praying for God to take away our queerness, it's difficult because it's part of your identity and it's like me asking God to make me not black anymore. That's as deep as it is when you start to think about your sexual orientation, your gender identity, okay? Um, I've shared the identity map a lot here with you guys. That's like me asking God, I can't help me not be black anymore, right? We're not Michael Jackson out here. And even Michael Jackson was still black, honey. Child, please, okay? He was still black, all right? Um, even though his skin color changed. All right. But we can, and you know, that's a really good metaphor because we can change a lot on the outside, right? We can change those six or seven years that I was celibate waiting for my husband. Okay. I was still a bi, I was still a bi female. So although the outside, um, actions did not show, right. What I really truly was on the inside. I was still a queer, I was still a queer woman and God, I can honestly, fully 100% tell you guys never in my time of worship and pure devotion and you know those moments when you're like hanging out with God where it's just like nothing you know that Lauren Hill song nothing even matters at all right that moment never in those moments when God would speak very clearly to me did he ever tell me that you're not gay or you're not queer or I didn't make you this way never never Okay. And so that's what I do. That's why I do what I do to rescue my people. Jesus said, go tell those people, let my people get out of hell. Cause they, they got my people over there in hell. And I never told any of them that my children belong in hell. Right. And so you're free. You're beautiful. You're amazing just the way you are. And so if you can start to have the conversation with God, um, to help God show you who you are, um, and the things that he loves about you and how he made you, That'll be a, probably a better place for you to start as you're in this conversation because it's going to be the struggle for you. Um, love is going to be um, to be discerning the difference between the voice of God and the voice of religion. Okay, that's where the struggle is going to start to happen in your life. But if you can anchor yourself in the fact that God is good and God is love and have everything that you hear, if it doesn't line up with that, put it on the shelf.
okay? Even this weird idea that people think like, oh, well, God loves you. And that's why he is going to send you to hell. <laughs> <coughs> that's so funny to me. Okay, I think I had another question. Um, Courtney says, how do you know when God speaks to you? I've been struggling with this. So for me, um, my process, because I did begin my relationship with God in the church, what I did in the beginning, I read all of the, the happy scriptures basically, uh, but mostly in Isaiah when it was like God supposedly himself speaking. And I would just like meditate upon that. And then God had me in John, um, that's why I quote these verses all the time, John 14, 15, 16, and 17. I read those chapters for years and years and years. And those were like the only chapters I read so that I could understand the nature of God. Um, the nature of Jesus is the nature of God. All of that goodness, all of that love, all of that compassion. And I would practice um, hearing God on the little things. And then I would see that when I listened to the voice that felt like this on the inside of me, these things would happen that God said would happen or things would work out if I would listen. And so I would like, I was living in Philadelphia, working in Center City and um, I had to find parking. I just refused to pay for parking uh, at that time. So I would practice in that way, listening to God and hearing the voice of God of where I should turn. And I, I like made the game, like, where should I turn so I can find parking in time for me to go to work? And it was such a beautiful time. And it was so much fun because every time I would listen and like felt and trusted because it was a process of me building um, the trust in myself that I would go the way and there would be like this beautiful parking spot for me and I would get to work in, on time. And I did that. How long was I there? Like two or three years um, trying to find parking five days a week in Center City, Philadelphia. Uh, that definitely honed my hearing um, of the, uh, the voice of God. And then also meditating on scriptures, like rolling it around in my head, asking God questions about what he meant by this. I'm learning how God spoke to me through dreams as well, right? And so it it was a it was a mixture of things, but mostly the two important things is relax, um, don't stress about it. Start with the little things and make it and make it be fun. And again, line it up. If it's not love and it's not goodness, if it sounds like judgment and condemnation and guilt, that literally is the voice of Satan. Okay, because he's the accuser of the brethren. All right, any other questions? Hello, Pineapple Savage. Isaiah 6 is so holy. Isaiah said he is a man with unclean lips. Woe is me. Okay, um, block. I think you need to get blocked. All right, let's see. Hide live. There we go. All right. So that's done. Um, Golden says internalized homophobia. Let's see here. Hello, hello. Any other questions? Let's see what time, what we doing on time. We got about seven more minutes. <clears throat> Let's see, any other questions? Do you guys have any other questions for me? Um, and as we close out, again, one-on-one sessions are closing down with me to work with me one-on-one. I'm shutting that down in May. So make sure you get on my calendar. If you go to the calendar, you're only going to see about three days in the future. So if you want to schedule something for next week, um, I may extend it maybe to seven days so you can see for next week. But go back around like Saturday or Sunday. It should open up the schedule for you um, for that week, three days in advance. Charlene, what does it mean that God is holy? I think Block was saying the, <clears throat> the rhetoric that we're all used to. 
that God is so holy and different from us that we could not know God and God is so clean and pure and we are dirty. How dare we um, consider ourselves to be equal to God in any kind of way? Like God is so separate and put apart that we should not even um, <clears throat> dare to consider ourselves uh, in any proximity of goodness, of clean cleanliness next to God which is completely contradictory to even Genesis, okay? Because he was walking <laughs> uh, with Adam and Eve and having communion with them, okay? Even after the the whole eating of the fruit situation, he was having a face-to-face -face conversation with Cain after he killed his brother. So obviously, there is no, according to the scriptures, right? There is no um, desire for God to be separate from humanity. He came down and had a full on conversation with Abraham. Uh, he came in the flesh. Okay. He became, he became human and lived among us. Okay. Emmanuel. So, uh, God clearly, uh, wants to be with us. And then even more, Jesus came so that we could become one again with God. So God loves you so much. He wants to get on the inside of you and you get on the inside of him. Okay, where spiritually you cannot tell the difference between you and God and the divine. Sounds good to me. Okay, sounds about right. Okay, um, Angel says, What's the key to being patient with yourself in terms of deconstructing? The key to that is just to do it, Angel. Um, I think that what we are rushing to do with religion teaches us to do is that we want to rush to find the answer because we want to rush and find certainty like there has to be a right and a wrong way of understanding these things other than just enjoying the mystery of not knowing okay so it's a it's a seduction that we get from religion that we need to know all the things right now and have complete 100% full understanding of everything and religion doesn't even have the full understanding of everything so it's a it's a it's a smoke and mirror of uh, what religion tells us is the way that we are supposed to engage our spirituality there is beauty in mystery and there is beauty in the conversation. So your deconstructing process isn't, isn't about you walking away from truth. It's about you being in search of truth, right? In search of who is the truth, the Christ consciousness, in search of, of God. Because really, you want to be free from the fear. You want to be free from the guilt and the shame and the condemnation. So you're in search to be free, but honestly, you're in search to know God and that is beautiful. And the best way that we can know someone is through conversation. And how do we have conversation? We ask questions, okay? So other than trying to be patient with yourself, um, take a step back and realize that you're in search to know God and that is beautiful. So rejoice in the process. Don't just be patient, rejoice in it, right? Um, and also understand that goodness and mercy is on the pathway with you, that God's not leaving you by yourself to figure this out, right? I, I bet God's like super enjoying our conversations that we're having as we deconstruct. Probably like, man, God's probably like, I've been trying to tell him. <laughs> I picture God saying all kinds of stuff. Um, Pineapple says, can you explain how the one-on-one -on -one with you works? My apologies if I just need to read through your page to find out. It's okay, Pineapple. So what happens initially is that you will set up a initial breakthrough call with me. That's 50 minutes, that's free. And we'll see if we can work together. 
And after that, if we decide that we can work together, that it'll be beneficial for you, we go ahead and enroll you in the program. It's called the Path to Acceptance. It's 10 weeks um, where we will meet one-on-one on video calls. And that process, what I take people through, is customized to your specific needs um, as far as it comes to reconciling your faith and your sexuality, knowing God, knowing truth, right? Relieving you of this um, this weight that you've been carrying as a queer person, okay? To set you free, basically. So you can know the truth and the truth will set you free. So 10 weeks of working one-on-one with me. Um, Liz says, do you have any recommendations on books to read about um, coming to terms with sexuality and being Christian and help with coming out to conservative parents? I do. I wrote one about coming out to conservative parents. It's in my bio. You can get that. Um, it glitches sometimes, so if you don't get the book within an hour, it's $12. If you don't get the book within an hour, send me an email and I'll send it right I'll send it right over to you. And then books on reconciling your sexuality and being Christian. Uh, do I have it here? Matthew Vines, God and the Gay Christian is a really good book um, to really get the understanding and then um, of the different scriptures. And then I have here Kathy Baldus. Most of you can screenshot this. Kathy Baldus book, Walking with Bridges Canada. It's kind of thick um, because she goes through all of the historical and political understanding and the medical understanding of homosexuality and how we got to where we are right now. And there's another one I don't have physically here with me, but it's called Unclobber by Colby Martin. So I'm going to lift this book up one more time in case you want to screenshot. This one, God and the Gay Christian by Matthew Vines. This is like a classic one in the community. And then Kathy is actually coming out with a um, a documentary called 1946. Because that's the first time the word homosexual came up in the scriptures. Okay, and then the other book, Conservative Family. I have a book in my bio, an ebook for $12 that you can get right now. And that'll take you through the steps of doing that. If God is that holy, then what's the point even trying to talk to him, right? Exactly. I love your explanation. You're such a talented teacher and presenter. Oh, thank you, Charlene. That's so sweet. Uh, oh, yay, Liz. I'm so happy. La Luna says, I started following as I heard a message of inclusi inclusivity. My son is gay and he is out of by religion. I encourage him to think Yes, relationship with God and not religion. He loves you just as you are. Exactly. Exactly. And that is, thank you so much, um, Luna, for being affirming. Many of us did not have affirming parents. So we just honor um, you being here. Thank you. Thank you so much for being part of the difference. Okay. We love you. Um, let's see here. What else? Thank you for answering my question. Enjoy the process. Great quote. All right. So I think that that is it. I do have a client coming up. Um, and uh, let's see, I think I have, how many more slots this week? Well, we're closed up. I'm, I'm done for the week for slots. So you, when you, if you want to get in, I think you either, you may be able to schedule for a Saturday. Um, but I think that'll be it. So thank you all so much for joining me again. Um, we'll be back next Thursday. There's the topic I did want to talk about. So we're going to talk about that next week. But I thought this was such a powerful moment that we all shared about being validated that us walking away from the Jesus that was presented to us was actually a sign of us being spiritually healthy. 
And I think that's just, that's just so precious. So go sit and enjoy and soak on that and, um, and saturate yourself in that and treat yourself good today. Um, you are worthy of love. Okay. You are so loved. You are so, um, desired by God. You are so precious. If no one's told you today, you are fabulous. All right. I love you and I'll see you guys next week. Bye.